and welcome. Not about us listeners and friends. Um, thank God it's podcast night. Today we're getting ready for uh, Revelation study uh, 12 part 2. Um, this will be the second one, continuing to look at the appearance of uh, Jesus in this part of Revelation as seen by John. Uh, but let's see here. Yes. Uh, this is so. This is part two. Last one was uh, chapter one, verse thirteen. Today will be verse fourteen. I'll be sharing you. I'll be sharing with you my thoughts, um, word studies as I try to paint this picture I have of this divine Jesus and all of His glory. Um, but as always, this is Brad, and this is Scott, and this is Stabler, and this is not about us. everyone we're going to get right into this um, but as always it's especially important that we are doing this for the right reason and for the right person um, we want to give all the glory and all the honor and all the respect to God and let him share with us who he says he is not who I say he is not who anyone says he is but who he says he is um, so in that regard Scott will you please start us off with the prayer absolutely yes yes Yahweh God we just thank you and we praise you thank you God, we're limited, we're fallible, we screw up. You are eternal and perfect in all of your ways. So God, just Yahweh, God, just take this. Take this where you want it to go. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you that you, you. allowed us to be a part of this that you allowed us to, to share in the ministry, to share in the blessings, to, to, to connect with you in this way. So Yahweh God, we just thank you. We give you the praise. We invite you, you in. Inhabit your praises, Father God. Inhabit your praises. Be a part of this today. And as we learn about Yeshua and just the, the majesty about who he is, the, the, the glorious nature of who he is in this revelation picture, just make it real in all of our hearts. Oh, yes. Yahweh, just just touch our mind's eye and let us see Yeshua in a new and exciting way that we've never experienced before. Hallelujah, yes. Hallelujah. Yahweh God, you be glorified in all of this. Amen, hallelujah. Go for it. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, Scott. I got me pumped. All right. All right. So today, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> today is all about chapter 1, verse 14. In the King James Version, it states, His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. Now, already, before I even get any studying parts done here, just reading this verse about Jesus and his appearance, it's already impressive. When I paint this picture in my head of verses that I read in Scripture, I like to start by taking a deep breath, closing my eyes, and I like to let my imagination guide me and help me understand the picture of what I'm seeing. The image that I see of the face of Jesus described here is powerful. The hair is bright and white like snow. Here in Iowa, uh, we get our fair share of snow each winter. Yeah. So... I can, I can 
contests that when freshly laid white snow uh, is on the ground, it's absolutely beautiful. Before all the muck and everything gets in the way, when that snow is on the ground, it's absolutely beautiful. And it can be blinding. It can be. And, and glitter. It, yeah. it can sparkle in the sunlight. Um, and yeah, no, it's bright, beautiful, and it's very white. Um, let's see here. Now it also says here that his eyes were as a flame of fire. So if you ever sit around a campfire or a fire pit and watch the flames dance, then you know that in their own way, flames are quite beautiful. And they can almost be hypnotic if you watch them. A yeah. flame can also be incredibly dangerous. Flames are immensely powerful. So I listened... Uh, <laughs> I want to share this. I listened to a Lion of Judah video on YouTube recently, and they were discussing the two gates or the two entrances we have to our souls. And the first gate was our ears. So the things that we hear, um, like negative things, like music can be negative, it can be positive, it could also be negative. Gossip can be negative. Uh, these are things that we can hear, uh, so they want us to protect our, our ears. Uh, but also the other one was, of course, our eyes and the things that we can see. Um, you know, I can think of a lot of not-so-great things that we could look at, like pornography and stuff like that. There's also very beautiful things that we can look at and that we should. But uh, when I was thinking about his eyes, his eyes being a flame, and I had just, just listened to this video not too long ago, uh, it, it made me start to ponder that. This got me thinking, this flame around the eyes. Many times in scripture, fire and heat are described to indicate God or his spirit. The heat is not dangerous to believers, but it is extremely dangerous to those who are not of God. This idea made me think about a flame around the eyes burning up anything not of God before it could even get into our souls. But anything that is of God, love, hope, faith, well, these things would not be burned away by a righteous flame. They would be protected. They could come in. Now, I'm not saying that that's what's going on there, but I found it to be an interesting parallel and perhaps an idea of something that we should strive for. The idea in the video was that we should be on guard and close our gates when sights or sounds may be harmful to our souls, but I would love to take that even a step further and completely burn up anything harmful before it could even get in through the gates. That's, that's an interesting picture. Um... I, so it's kind of like so what you're saying is, is if, um, this is what I'm getting from this right now is if I've got Jesus mm -hmm. and I've let I'm letting Yahweh God uh, inviting Jesus into my heart letting him have his place putting on the mind of Christ uh, uh, making him first letting him rule in my life then it's like you're saying then it's like whatever comes in is going to go through the fire. Yeah. And whatever, so it's like in into you into your eyes, whatever you're receiving, so to speak, you're letting him disintegrate that which doesn't need to be here, mm -hmm. and refine and purify and make perfect that which 
does need to be. Yes. Ah, that I is, like that. That is the idea that I'm trying to, trying to, you, you explained that very well. You explained my idea very well. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, because, I mean, yes, you can just, um, I, I, I mean, I do believe there is some truth to this that, you know, if, if like say, uh, pornographic images are a trigger for you, uh, that will lead you to sin, will lead you to lust. Well, then, of course, first step, don't look at them. Close your eyes to them. But when Jesus was here, I'm fairly confident he would have had to have seen sinful, horrible things. But it never would have gone into his heart or into his soul. Mm-hmm. You know, so just in a way, I'm trying to be, and I'm not saying by any means that I'm there. I have so many things that I'm working on and I struggle with and all those kind of things. But I just found it an interesting point to share. We should strive to do that. Even if we, even if we just glance something that we, you know, that we, that we, uh, that we shouldn't, um, let it get burned before it even gets into your soul. Yeah. Let it be, let, and let the, and let the things that are good, the things, let them be purified and let them be beautiful. Uh, and then celebrate those even more. So that's just, that was just an interesting thought that I had. Um, once again, just from me, but still, I thought it was interesting and just weird that it kind of connected mm-hmm. to a video that I just happened to be. Well, I mean, I, I like it because I've always had this knowledge of, of like letting everything, uh, trial by fire, mm-hmm. so to speak. And I imagine it in the sense of going to heaven and letting your life go before God and everything passes through the fire, that which is hay and stubble and, and just garbage is just burned up and that which is is righteous and, and his will go through the fire and it will be purified and it will be counted in your favor and I've always pictured this as, as that kind of thing that's gonna there's gonna be judgment on your life at the end right and that which comes out that you did you accomplished you you acted upon you did in his name uh, you did righteously that he says my good and faithful servant well done it's going to go through the fire and it's going to be beautiful and perfect and it's going to be counted in your favor but that's the way i've seen it this these verses now you're making me see it as that is going on constantly in you yeah Uh, uh, um, and that which is getting into us essentially and not we're not allowing Jesus to burn it up, but we're saying, Jesus, go away. I want this. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to take that stuff that the fire should have incinerated and put it in our hearts yep. and corrupt our hearts when we should be uh, allowing Jesus to, to be our vision, to be our, our defense, our, our source of uh, that firewall from, from anything going into our corrupting this program right. so to speak well and yeah he's you know he's he's the door if we let him you know yeah. he's the he's the, he is the gatekeeper if we wow. let him you know so i, I like that firewall i yeah. like that i like that term i um, didn't coin it i'm <laughs> not gonna take credit for that um but anyway uh the the so i'll get into the actual word study that was just a thought i had i wanted to share um, hopefully that's been helpful to somebody, ministers to somebody. Um, but we'll get into the actual word studies here. 
Uh, the first word. I, can I jump in real quick again? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, because this is before before I jump in. Maybe we'll come back to this as you get into the word study. But I I heard someone talk about how it's very interesting when you see the picture of, uh, of God that we kind of think of, especially when you think of Old Testament God, we think of God's hands being on fire. And what I mean is we think of wrath and vengeance and attack. And and it just pointed out, it was just someone's own personal study. It was like, it's very interesting that it's his eyes. His eyes are the, the source of the fire here. You know, and and I just wanted to say what you're just talking about right now. I went back to that and went, there's kind of clearing that up for me because it was just, he was pointing that didn't really have an answer. It was just like, isn't it interesting that his eyes are the source of the fire? Yeah. You know, so. Well, I do talk about that a little bit here. So. Okay. So I'll shut up then. Yeah. Let, let's, let's discuss that more when I get to. Okay. To his eyes are aflame, but, but yeah, no, that's in, okay. That's interesting. All right. <laughs> um, uh, the first word that I that stood out to me in this uh, verse was uh, head. Um, it is in the Greek Strong's Concordance two seven seven six, and it's uh, kephale. And uh, once again, I will apologize if I butcher the Greek. Uh, I know we probably you may get tired of us saying this, but I don't want anyone to just watch this video and go that I am a I am a perfect source of, of truth and, <laughs> yeah. and, and I am not I am an amateur I <laughs> am doing my best um, with uh, the brain that I have so um, I do not speak Greek or Hebrew uh, but I'm going to sure give it my best try so kef ale um, and the definition is uh, the head okay that that's makes sense a lot of these today are going to be exactly what they are in English. So, um, but this one does have a few extra things to it that I thought, hmm, let's look into that. So it means the head, but it also means a cornerstone. Oh. Uniting two walls, and it means the head or ruler or lord. And so, right off the bat, the word. Uh, this word means the head, but it also means ruler and lord. I can see that clearly because even in English, sometimes figuratively we say the head of the house or, mm -hmm. you know, we say things like that. The head of the nation, the head of the country, the yep. head of the kingdom. The Yeah. Yep. So that made that made perfect sense to me. Um, but I was also curious here. It says the cornerstone and uniting two walls. So. Strongest exhaustive concordance did not really shine any light. It states from the primary capto, which is in the sense, sorry, I should probably specify this word um, in the exhaustive strong concordance from the primary capto in the sense of seizing the head as part most rarely taken hold of, literally or figuratively. Huh. So I looked up capto. And it is a noun that means catch, prey, seize. Uh, the idea is the head is easy to take hold of both physically and figuratively. So physically, if you're fighting, you could grab the head. Um, figuratively, though, and, I, and, I'm, and maybe, I'm, maybe I'm off base here, but to me it made me think of like um, someone being able to like convince you of something that's not right or, or, or oh, like, like okay. uh, deceive you change your 
I was thinking when you said figuratively it's easy to take hold of, I, my first thought is we all automatically, you, you, you see someone, you recognize this. The rest of the body's kind of there, but the face is always our focus. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, okay. I, I take hold of the face, the eyes, the shape, the mouth, the hair, everything here. I, ah, that's, that's my focus right here. The rest of it exists, but th this is always what I that makes, focus on. That makes good sense, of. too. That, that's, that's just what I thought by that. Um, but uh, that didn't really help me figure out Cornerstone. So I decided to look deeper into Cornerstone, and I wasn't really finding anything in any of my biblical sources, uh, per se, um, that would help me figure out why the word head would also mean Cornerstone. Um, I actually found it on Wikipedia, which I don't recommend using for research ever, but, <laughs> but I did find it there. Um, and this is, this is from Wikipedia. The Cornerstone, or Foundation Stone, or Setting Stone is the first stone set in the construction of a masonry foundation. All other stones will be set in reference to this stone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. Um, so this is the first stone, so it's the headstone. Not to be confused with a tombstone headstone, but, right. but however, I did find that thought interesting, or at least kind of funny, because once we've died to ourselves, should we just not let Jesus be our cornerstone, our headstone as well? Like, right. you know, I, that was just a funny thought that popped into my head. But Well, and it also makes me think of the moment you said that head can also be translated cornerstone made me think of the verses where Jesus has been made our cornerstone. Yep. And I thought, oh, you know, wow, you could go back and flip that and say that verse is saying Jesus it's, has been made our head. Yeah. His cornerstone was, you know, yeah, you know, the, the head of the, yeah, was bright and, you know, yeah, he's been, he has been made the cornerstone. He has been made the head. So uh, it's the first stone put down. So that's where we get this idea that it's the headstone. It's the first stone, the lead stone, the most important stone. Um, and as you just mentioned, um, scripture does mention a few times uh, that Jesus is our cornerstone. Um, I have an example here in First Peter uh, two uh, six through eight. I've switched to my Institute for Scripture Research version. I don't know why I felt like I needed to show you that. <laughs> um, but anyway, Institute for Scripture Research, we read, Because it is contained in the Scripture, see, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, chosen, precious, and he who believes on him shall by no means be put to shame. This preciousness, then, is for you who believe, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock that makes for falling, who stumble because they are disobedient to the word, to which they are also appointed. So yes, uh, in many places in scripture it does mention that he is our cornerstone, so here we see Jesus as the head, but he's also the cornerstone as well, as so many other things. Um, this word, kef ale, also mentions the uniting of two walls regarding the cornerstone. Now, I took this a little figuratively and imagined more than just bringing two walls together. But I also, brought, I also was thinking that Jesus is bringing two realities together. He's bringing the physical and the spiritual together. Um, he is 
he is the, the, the as I talked about earlier, he's the gateway from one to the other. Um, so, I mean, Jesus is so much more, and, and, that's, yeah. and that's what just amazes me. When I, I mean, I look into a word, and I can just find another thing that he is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I could do this forever and ever and ever and just find something else that he is. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just pretty cool. I, I recommend people do their own studies and look into these things and see what and, and be in prayer and, and, and ask God to reveal who he is to you and, and, and see what things you find because it really is cool. Um, but anyway, that's uh, that's what we have for the word head. Um, let's see here. Hi. So we have, um, so that's what I had for the word head. It basically meant head, also this cornerstone. Um, but I want to just take a moment just to consider Jesus's head. Um, I do this every so often. Um, I get caught up in something, and, and I got caught up in this moment here in my study. I did this when I was doing Revelation um, and considering considering John on the chest of Jesus and being able to hear his heartbeat. And now I did it again here, just considering Jesus' head. And, you know, and, and we don't necessarily know exactly you know, what he physically looked like when he was here. Um, you know, we all probably have our own kind of version of what he looks like in our head. But just imagine the head of a god. I mean, I don't know. I, I For me, I had to take a little break here and just, just consider it. But uh, I think even if we don't get anything major from the words today, the verse already is just impressive. Just, we're going to look at his head, even his hair. Just think of his hair. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at his eyes. You know, I mean, just, we're being very intimate here with Jesus today, if you think about it. Yeah. You know, we're, we're studying his, his, his face, and, and if these really are gateways, we're, we're seeing, you know, the gates to his spirit. I mean, we're seeing so much powerful stuff. Um... So I didn't really have any more than that. I just wanted to take a moment to share that I think we should sometimes just stop and and just consider this stuff. It may not see when you're reading it, it may not seem important, but it really it really is and it's really impressive if you think about it. Um but anyway, the next word that piqued my interest was white. Um I did investigate the word for hair which, if anyone is interested, is Strong's Concordance 2359, and it's threeks, but it only meant hair. Um, and I didn't find anything else uh, to ponder about that, so I moved on. Um, the Greek for the word white is Strong's Concordance 3022, and it's laiokos. And the definition is bright or white. And, okay, so this is cool to me. We've actually investigated this word before. In Revelation Podcast 11, I talked about the golden candlesticks, and when I was investigating the word for candlestick, I decided to go a little deeper and investigate the root word for lampstand, or candlestick, and it was this word, lyokos, 
which also means white, bright, brilliant. So that was cool to me because in uh. that study, I was trying to paint the picture I had of Jesus and his appearance being like a flame on top of the, or on top of the candlestick. Um, I even jumped ahead at that time to this verse to help paint that picture. I did not know that when I got to this point, I would discover the very word I was using then was the word I would find here as white. So I didn't make those connections until I was doing this study. Now for me, this is cool because this is the third time I have found something in my studies that show me this image of Jesus being the flame on the candlesticks. So that screamed at me that this must be important. And I did. I stopped. I asked God, was this for me? Is this for, is this for everyone? And I don't, still don't know. I'm still pondering this, uh, this idea. Um, but uh, let's see here. Um, so, but anyway, I'm still pondering in my own head with God what, if there is any deeper meaning to that or not, but here's the one thing that we do know, because Jesus himself says so. The candlesticks represent the seven assemblies, but there's no mention of the actual flame. So I'm starting to see that flame as representing Jesus. Jesus, of course, is the light of the assemblies. He's the light of the world. He's the flame that is on top. Um, he is what he is what actually makes the candlesticks have purpose. Um, the candlesticks produce no light of their own. The flame on top provides the light. So imagine imagine what that would mean if one of those assemblies, one of those churches, forgets that Jesus is the flame. And they let that flame get snuffed out. I know coming up when we start the letters to the assemblies that only two of those assemblies that are mentioned, two of seven, Smyrna and Philadelphia, they have nothing held against them. And I'm starting to wonder if I'm going to find evidence that they were protecting their flame from going out. I'm wondering if I'm going to yeah. find something there. Now, that that, that was just a... I mean, that might be more for me because it was just a, oh my goodness, this is the third time this is this idea has been come, that has come up to me. Um, but I hope it's cool for everyone else too. But anyway, we look at it in these last days, I do believe it's important that we should be doing whatever we can to protect the light in ourselves. And of course, we want to share that light as much as possible. Okay, let's see here. Uh, next, I looked up the word for wool. And it was Strongest Concordance 2053, Ur-Eon, and it just meant wool. So I moved on to snow. It's Strongest Concordance 5510, and it's uh, Ni-1. Now, once again, this uh, it's a simple translation. Snow means snow. But for this, I decided to look deeper. Strong's exhaustive concordance believes that word is akin to the word uh, kimon, which is 5494. And this is a storm, tempest, winter, the rainy season. 
So uh, I like this connection mostly because of this idea of a storm. We have two things. We have two examples of things that can be beautiful and powerful: the flame and snow. Snow, like I mentioned earlier, can be beautiful, but a snowstorm can be dangerous, yeah. and it can be powerful. Which that also makes me think of Jesus. He is beautiful. He is powerful, and it can be dangerous to be associated with him uh, for us. Um, but it's also the most wonderful and beautiful thing that we could ever do. He is that lamb and the lion. We have talked about this before. When he is being of one nature, all his other natures are still true. So when he is beautiful, that means he is also powerful. When he is powerful, he, he is also being a servant. We have a long way to go yet, but we will discuss why he is worthy in a future study. But already we start to see some clues as to why. It's because only he can be both the lamb and the lion. And all of those be true at the same time. Okay. Next word I looked up was the word for I. And we have discussed this word before. Um, and the roots for this word. Um, it is Strong's Concordance 3788 and 3700. The word is ophthalmos from the root optan omani. I think I got it. <laughs> optan omani. I think I got it. <laughs> um, so the word means the eye, but figuratively it can also mean in the mind's eye. Uh, and then the root means I appear. I am seen, or I let myself be seen. In podcast study number six, I studied these words for, for the part of the verse that says, and every eye shall see him. At that time, I was pondering, what would it be like to see him coming, but from the perspective of one who is saved, and also from the perspective of one who is not? While studying these words, I also was curious why we cannot lay eyes on God until he allows himself to be seen as Optam Amahi suggests. Notice how it just flew off the... <laughs> oh, um, I discovered that due to our sin nature, right now it was a blessing that we did not see a righteous God until we are cleansed of our sins through the filter that is Jesus. I think I had some good points in study six, so I'm not going, to, going too much more into these words here, but once again, I think we need to stop for a moment and just consider the eyes of Jesus. If the eyes are a gate to the soul, then his were the purest. He would have known best when to close them, when to open them. And this got me thinking too, when he took something into his sight, it probably had more purpose and meaning than we could even understand. But imagine this, the eyes of Jesus looking at you. Yeah. Imagine the eyes of the one who knows you better than anyone has ever known you. The one who knows even those dark things that we wish were kept in secret. He knows them. But when he looks at you, he just, is, he just sees the one he loves. He sees his bride. I mean, I just, 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 just consider that. When he looks at you... When he looks at you, he sees the one he would die for. Even if you hate him. 
that's mm-hmm. I don't know. That just hit me pretty hard when I was when I was considering that. Just consider the head of Jesus, consider the eyes of Jesus. And then consider them looking at you. You know what just hit me right now? You said that. Uh, talking about when Jesus opens his eyes, when Jesus closes his eyes. I, I don't know why this is, maybe this is completely off topic. And I'm really sorry if this is just, but it, it, it just thought that struck me. Um, does Jesus blink? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, the human Jesus yeah. Yes, he was human. He did you know everything. But right now, Jesus in heaven, sitting on the throne, watching us. Does Jesus blink? I, I, I just, I don't know why, but that struck me as such a profound thing right now. Is no, he's he's always watching. He's he does you know I, I know this sounds silly and stupid. I really do. I realize this sounds. Why are you going off on that tangent? But it just hit me. Just. And it hit me in a way that, no, his eyes are constantly on me. He's not even off of me for a microsecond. Yeah. He's not really, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not, it's always, he's always watching. It It, it doesn't even blink. I, I don't know. I, I just, something that never occurred to me before. It was just kind of a little brief, mind-blowing thing. No. Might mean nothing to you. I'm sorry. Well, it meant something to me. I, I'm, I'm contemplating that now. Of course he doesn't. <laughs> of course he doesn't blink now. That's, yeah. No, that's that's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, I, I, in previous studies, I, uh, I knew that he's continually, like we we think that cross event happened. It was one and done. But it's 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 it's. I have found evidence to suggest that it's not a one and done situation. It, yes, it was one and done at that moment, but it had forever and ever consequences, not consequences, but forever and ever uh, effects. I found that in one of my studies that he is continually, continually washing us of our sins. Mm-hmm. And he's doing it with care and patience. He's not rushing it. It's an important thing. He's taking it seriously. Um, I, saw, I I read or I watched a documentary and I believe there could be some truth to this that right now you know he is in the holy place uh, he will soon cross over to the holy of holies but right now he's in the holy place he's he's atoning for us in our sins he's right now he is experiencing everything that we have done every every pain every every everything that has happened to us uh, every sadness every sin, everything. And he is atoning for us, his people, his nation. He's atoning for us right now. Um, and he's doing it because he loves us and cares for us. He is our high priest. And that's his job right now is to atone. I believe it. So we don't, sometimes we think of it as a, he, it, it happened and that was kind of, you know, the end of it. But no, there's so much more mm-hmm. that we don't see. Yes, in the physical, maybe, Maybe the event happened, and now we just time just continues to move on. But in the spiritual, it meant so much more uh, than we can yeah. even possibly see right now. So, uh, of course, right now he doesn't he doesn't blink. He is experiencing everything that we're going through. Every single one of us. Yeah, I just that's just the thought that hit me is uh, 
not even for that briefest of moments, is he cut off from us in that way. Um, yeah, completely uninterrupted. Uh, that, towards the end of the study, um, uninterrupted is a, is a key word. Um, and wow. now you're making me think about more about that. <laughs> but let's, let's, we'll continue on with, oh my God. All right, so, um, let's see here. So yeah, just consider the idea of an unblinking Jesus, you know, looking at you. But anyway, just a few more things. Uh, that was just a few things I noticed. Um, but let's move on to the word for flame. It's Strong's Concordance 5395. And this is flocks. And it means a flame or a flashing. Now, once again, the word means exactly what you would think. A flame is a flame. In podcast 11, I talked about the flame of a candlestick, and I think that still applies uh, beautiful and powerful. Strong's concordance for the word fire is 4442, and it's poor, like I'm not rich, I'm poor. And the definition is fire, the heat of the sun, lightning. Figuratively, it can mean strife, trials, or the internal fire. Um, now, I could gain a lot from that alone. I found it interesting that one meant flashing, the other meant lightning. You could, all, you could probably come up with something about that too, but for this, I was really caught up with the, uh, the word studies, and I guess un uninterrupted comes now. The word studies for poor state, in Scripture, fire is often used figuratively, like with the fire of God, which transforms all it touches into light and likeness with itself. God's spirit, like a holy fire, enlightens and purifies so that believers can share more and more in his likeness. Indeed, the fire of God brings the uninterrupted privilege of being transformed, which happens by experiencing faith from him. Our lives can become true offerings to him as we obey this imparted faith from God by his power. This is illustrated by God's fire burning continuously at the entrance of the tabernacle where the priests made sweet savior offerings. So first of all, notice the connection between God's tabernacle and Jesus standing amidst the golden menorah. God's fire burning continuously. Uh, I talked about, about uh, uh, when I was talking about the candlesticks, I talked about uh, them burning in the tabernacle and how that was a uh, physical shadow picture of what's happening in heaven. Um, so this is illustrated by God's fire burning continuously at the entrance of the tabernacle. Well, here, fire can't burn continuously unless we, um, and, you know, unless we, unless we feed it. <laughs> we feed it, we keep an eye on it, we, we don't let it go out. But as we discussed earlier... Sometimes we let fire get snuffed out, um, you know, so that is possible. In heaven, though, that fire will burn continuously. Jesus will burn mm -hmm. continuously. Um, I also liked how the word helper here states the fire of God brings the uninterrupted privilege of being transformed. 
I've never considered this before, and I was wondering what the privilege of being transformed might be. And I thought of just a few things, but I know there's probably so many more uh, things that never even occurred to me. Um, the first thing I thought of was, it's a privilege to be in union with Christ. Well, we, we know that we are the bride of Christ, and Christ will return to claim us. But right now, just being the bride of Christ has many privileges. Uh, we've talked about it mostly in Conversations podcasts, but one of the biggest ones is we have a comfort and knowledge that all of our needs will be met with, with, with our bridegroom. We know that we have a perfect future in the ever and ever. We know we have a future with no pain, no, no, no tears, no crying, mm -hmm. no just pure pleasure, as was discussed in one of the Genesis podcasts. Just pure pleasure forever and ever. Um, and we can have that now, too. We can have that privilege start to come now. It will come more and more as we take on the likeness, and eventually when we're perfected, it will be perfected as well. But we can, I feel like we can have that privilege now. And one of the ways that we can do that is, death, where is your sting? Yeah. You know, there is no worry about tomorrow. There is no worry about, there is no worry about death. There is no worry about these things. Because we know with certainty that God's promises are true and correct and that this will be a true and correct thing. Um, So we know that no harm can befall us. Um, no harm can befall us here and now. Nothing can interfere with our perfect future in the ever and ever. We can take comfort in that knowledge. Now this holy fire enlightens and purifies so that believers can share more and more in his likeness. I think sharing in his likeness is also a privilege. I think it was the last podcast where I discussed that the one aspect of his likeness that some aspects of his likeness are love, hope, and faith. This states that we share more and more of that. So we get to take on more of these traits. We get to take on more love, more hope, more faith um, by being transformed. And those were, just, those were just a couple things that popped into my head when I was thinking about them. I know there's so many more things and so I would encourage everyone to just take time to think of what privileges have you noticed once you were transformed? And what privileges do you think are still coming? Um, homework. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to do that. I just, I just think it's good to reflect on these kind of things. And, and I would encourage, uh, even if it's just a prayer conversation with you and God, ask him to show the privileges of what, of what it is to be his child his to be transformed and and to take on his likeness okay let's see here all right so um just uh it's pretty much what i've had for this study um a lot of this was a lot of the words ended up being just kind of what they were um this one from this was one of those studies where it was probably more important for me um, and my relationship with God because a lot of this stuff, ah, it cemented something or it, or it made me feel something or, you, you know, it, it just felt like a very personal, intimate, 
I'm looking into the eyes of Jesus. I'm looking into the face of Jesus. I'm considering Jesus's head. It just felt very intimate and personal. And I hope that that's what came out of it. Um, but I would highly recommend that people seek that for themselves as well. Um, but real quick, um, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to finish the appearance of Jesus next time with a study on chapter 1, verse 15. In the meantime, though, I want to read to you the, the two verses we have looked at together. And I, I do want to try and picture what we have learned and seen so far. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. All right. Yeah. Scott, any last thoughts or concerns? No. Uh, just trying to picture that myself and uh, just having the thought that when I finally see him in that way, just the, the knowledge that I'm going to be going, oh, I was very wrong. <laughs> because it's, it's, uh, it's very true that, you know, we, we live in a society that has been fascinated with Jesus Christ. It's just been fascinated, which is good. But everyone has kind of their own version of Jesus, and they've put that out there. And so we have so many ideas and images and thoughts that could that you know everyone could have a different version in their head, um, you know. And it might turn out that they're all correct in some weird way. Like I, I don't, you know, I think we have, um, I think we can take all of these examples we have, and at least use them to kind of understand his nature. Um, what, who he is, but his actual appearance, I think, was still going to blow us away, especially if the first time we see him is when he is coming with the clouds. Can you imagine what that would be like riding yeah. in on the white horse? I mean, I guess it also depends in which circumstance do you finally meet your your, your savior. I, I mean, in a, a situation like that where you see the powerful nature, you know, or will you see it in a more humble nature? I, I mean, I just, I, there's just... We could talk about that and just discuss that forever and ever, I think. But, but uh, no, I just, um, the song I Can Only Imagine um, comes to mind right now. You know, I can only imagine, you know, will I, will I be able to dance in front of your presence or will I fall to my knees? Like, you know, I mean, we can, we, it, it's fun to consider, but when we're actually there, when he's actually in front of us, I don't think there's any way right now we can fully understand what that experience is going to be like. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, I uh, just want to say, everyone, thank you for listening. Um, I, we really do um, appreciate it. But as always, I don't want anything that I've said today to be from me. So if I said something to you that didn't minister to you, didn't sound right, you know, throw that away. If something did sound good, if it did minister to you, uh, that could be more of the spirit, less of Brad. Um, so, you know, might want to consider that. But I will just say, you know, may God keep you and bless you until our next study. And now that we're doing the whole video YouTube thing, I'm not going to be ashamed to say, if you liked this video, please consider 
uh, liking the video and subscribing to our channel. Um, now that I'm in that world, I understand what they mean when they say it is very important. <laughs> it is very important, um, and it is a it is a good way to um, to show uh, YouTube the things that you want to see um, by supporting the channels that you want to support. Uh, and you don't have to. I'm not. I would never force you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as always, this has been Brad, and this has been Scott. And this has been not about us. <laughs>